0: Welcome to Real Beauty with FD, a place where we discuss what beauty means to us. Whether it's a product that sells out every second around the world, or it's a cult classic, to discussing body positivity to building incredible brands, we're here to find your little black dress in skincare, makeup, and more importantly, promoting happiness within your own skin and owning it. Each episode, I'm bringing in a new personality to discuss all things beauty and touch on their inspiring stories. This week, we will continue our conversation with Christy Overstreet. And where did we lay off last time? Intimacy? Let's go straight back into it. And that kind of leads to my next point on Types of intimacy because I think when you talk about sex, a lot of people will go instantly to like
1: penetration. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. Like instantly the deep. (laughs) Good job. But it's
0: like there's so much more to it. So how would you describe intimacy?
1: Sure. So when we think about intimacy, I want you to think about connection. That's it. Intimacy is connection. And so there's 12, like you said, there's 12 types of intimacy, which is really great. And physical or sexual intimacy is only one of the 12 types of intimacy. So that means there's 11 others. I won't run through all of them, but just some of, I say my favorites that (laughs) I like to are communication, intimacy. So it's communication, connection, recreational intimacy. Another one of my favorite it's having fun connecting. Mm Spiritual intimacy is important for many people. Um, chore intimacy or work intimacy, like doing things together and equally and helping each other out. is a way to build connection. So when we look at this intimacy, we're thinking about connection and we think about intimacy and trust. And they're so in tandem because you can't have good intimacy connection if you don't have good trust. Yeah. So when trust goes down, we say something sideways or off the wall or we do something rude or passive aggressive. What happens is the trust our partner has in us goes down a little bit. Therefore, the intimacy and connection goes down. Mm -hmm. So to get physical intimacy to be good and high physical connection, we've got to build that trust up. And that's where our behaviors and our actions really come out. So when we look at wanting to build physical intimacy, I ask couples, like, what are you doing for fun? Recreational intimacy. How are y'all around the house? Um, Work intimacy. Um, You know, are y'all connecting on a spiritual level if that's important for y'all? So we have to look at all these areas with the most important one I feel is emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. That's emotional connection because most of us as women and many, many men too, we need to feel emotionally connected in order to feel sexually or physically connected. Now, that may not have been the case in other parts in our lives, but where we're at in long-term relationships, like to be in that long-term relationships, we have to have an emotional connection. And so what happens is you'll have one partner who's like, I want more sex. I want more physical with this person. And the other partner's like, I don't feel connected to you at all. Like you don't listen to me. You kind of jump. You're kind of demanding. (laughs) you, You know, you don't listen to my, you know, one hour story. Right. So their emotional connection is down. So we kind of gauge this as to build physical connection or physical intimacy, we have to build emotional connection or emotional intimacy. But again, the good news is we're not waiting on our partner to get there. We're working within to say, what do I need for emotional intimacy? How can my partner even show me emotional intimacy? And most of us, if we haven't done the work or kind of looked at this as an option or heard about it, we don't even know how to describe it because it's not, you know, your partner shedding tears in front of you. Like that's not the only way of emotional intimacy. It may be making eye contact when you talk. It may be saying, hey, how are you doing? What do you need from me today? I really appreciate you. That's emotional intimacy. And having different types of intimacy gives us hope, especially when we're struggling in one of those departments, whether it's physical or emotional or communication. And if you take those intimacies and kind of go to what you brought up, which is, you know, we think about sex in the traditional sense of like penetrative sex. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We have to look at sex and all forms of physical intimacy as like a smorgasbord or a sexual buffet, as I like to call it in our intimacy program. Think about it just as when you go to a buffet, you get a little bit of something, you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Maybe you pass on this today because you're not feeling it or whatever. We need to approach our sexual selves the same way. We can't have the same old song and dance of you know we kiss a second, we get in the bed, we do oh, this, yeah, we do that. yeah. It. For sure. We got to have a buffet. If we want to be this person long term, it will get boring, it will get monotonous, it will get stale. But it's our responsibility to keep it spicy and it's really not that hard if we're connecting on those other levels.
0: So do you see that often with like longer term relationships where um you know cuz to that point I think when you all first get get together it's you know great like it's honeymoon and everything's like wild. <laughs> And then it's like years go on, life gets in the way, work, you have kids and even just adding on, I mean, that's a whole other subject for a lady when you've had a baby and you're like, firstly, I mean, I think every single woman that's had like a vaginal birth is probably like, does it feel okay? Does it feel the same? (laughs) I think that was like the first thing I was like, is it okay? (laughs) But it's like, how do you keep like to your point? it's not hard, but like, how do you keep it spicy or keep the timing? Mm -hmm. Cause I was having a look at like, um, some of the other, um, topics that you've discussed, like even things like scheduling, like it seems so unsexy, but it's like people go through spells of like having no sex or too much sex. And, and you always, I'm sure like friends are like, how much is normal, not normal. And it's always, it depends on the couple, right? Like, it's so depends on like their scenario and like where they are in their lives. But like, how, how, like, how do you spice things up when you're in a long-term relationship?
1: Well, you, you start by taking the personal accountability and responsibility, not waiting for your partner to spice it up or to bring it up. So you have to feel confident with your sexual self-esteem. Now that you feel okay and know that it can waver at different times, depending on how your body's feeling, your hormones, especially if you've had kids, it has a big effect on you and kind of different cycles that you may be in. But when it comes down to it, you have to think what feels good for me. Am I voicing that to my partner? What doesn't feel good to me? Am I voicing that? And knowing what your turn-ons are and your turn-offs, what, you know, accelerates things and what puts the brakes on things. Having those conversations are really important. To keep it spicy is to try different things, to have the buffet of options and and not be afraid to talk about fantasy and dreams. Because just because we talk about what we might fantasize about or our partner tells us what they fantasize about, it doesn't mean that we, we or them have to act on it. Sometimes just to talk about it is enough on that sexual buffet to turn it on a little bit different or to feel a little bit different. When it comes to scheduling, it's less about putting something on a calendar unless you want to, and more about being intentional. Like,
0: right? We have twenty minutes. Let's go. Right,
1: turn <laughs> on timer. Um, talk about putting pressure. Yeah. That's I- <laughs> pressure. <right? laughs> Some people won't be able to carry you through on that, but it's the intentionality. If it's like you know what it's been, oh, it's thirsty. I know, you know, he gets off a little bit early today. I've got, you know, the sitter's coming over or I know he's going to go down for the nap and I've got a little bit of time. I'm going to make an effort to make a move. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make an effort to say, hey, can we spend a little bit of time together? Like it's been a little bit. So it's the intentionality to help you carry through and have the intentionality of saying, I'm going intentionally to say, I want to have some physical closeness. I want to have some foreplay. I want to, you know, have a connection with you that's outside of our normal connection that we usually have. So the intentionality is what is so important about that. When it comes to frequency and normal, of course, like you said, there's no like norm. I'll tell you, typically a lot of couples will have sex maybe once a week, sometimes twice a week, but typically once a week. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I've Couples that have it a whole lot. I have some couples that have it a whole less, but it's really yeah. about what you need, what your partner wants and needs. And then y'all come together to collaborate, right? To collaborate and say, here's what I'll be okay with, here's what I'm not okay with. We want to focus on quality over quantity. Yes. Now, quality doesn't mean you have to be swinging from the chandeliers <laughs> to have an organization. Now, go <laughs> for a it. Open. Open. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the quality is. Am I enjoying it? Does mm-hmm. it feel good? Quality might not mean I have to finish an orgasm or reach some destination. It can be the journey, having some time, having foreplay, not rushing it, you know, taking a little bit more time. And the quality, I promise, and what kind of gets tagged a lot of times is someone will say, well, my partner would, would want to have it every day. They'd rather have the quantity mm-hmm. versus quality. And that's not the case. I don't know. I'm sure I've probably met one, one person in <laughs> Um, everyone I've met so far, per, except maybe one or two outliers would much rather with their partners have enjoyable, their partner enjoying doing sex yeah. versus multiple times of sex. One good quality time per week or once every two weeks is good quality enjoyment will be a lot better than two or three times where you're not enjoying it. Your partner wants you to experience pleasure. Well,
0: yeah. Cause if not, what's the point, right? Because you can, I mean, if it's quantity, like you get to a point where it's like, okay, if it's not that great, or if one of you is liking it more than the other, then I'm even that I'm sure will cause a divide of, okay, well, now I'm going to start making excuses because I don't think it's that good. And then that's where you get the pitfall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So I guess on that um, similar subject, so what advice would you give if, um, so say to your point, you're trying to spice things up, you know, you make an effort and then it just so happens that that day is maybe an off day for your partner, right? So it's like, how do you handle, I don't even wanna use the term like rejection cause it's not cause you're together, but like, how do you handle that rejection if you will? And then take it back and be like, okay, well, I understand it's just not a good day for them. And it's the same, you know, however, whoever is in the relationship and then make sure that you're not kind of switching off at that point.
1: Yeah. It, it, it can feel like rejection for some partners. If their partner says no, no, no. Almost every time they ask, it's going to be complete rejection. Yeah, that's never good. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. And and first of all, here's what we start. We start by acknowledging and normalizing there are differences in desire, differences in drive, Mm -hmm. at different types of the month, different times of the year, different parts of our lives with our partner it will be rarely that we're going to line up exactly one, the same thing, the same time at the same moment. It just doesn't happen. It's like thinking you're going to want the same thing to eat every single night. And that is not the case. Yeah. So what you want to do if you're going to your partner and they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I see you making an effort. I see you kind of, you know, you're trying to start it up, but I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling it. I feel gross. I'm just not having a good day. The, you want the partner to be, to say, I get it. I understand. No problem. Because, because they trust That probably the next time they approach you at another time, you're gonna say, okay, yeah, let's go for it. If they, and you've shot them down, you know, I'm making this number up at 10 times in a row. They're going to stop asking and the resentment's already started building. So mm-hmm. for the partner who's having to say, yeah, no, I'm feeling gross. It is just not my time. I'm on my period. Just not flowing. Yeah. Never good. good. Never, <laughs> Never good in your period. Right. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with period sex. We'll put that out there. It's not like a nasty, bad thing, but sometimes your, your body doesn't feel good. If there's yeah, pain, it's just a feeling, pain, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're and, and there's a, many other reasons why you know you don't have to pressure yourself to have sex if you don't want to. But what you want to do is say, "I really appreciate you coming on to me. I appreciate you wanting to be with me. Thank you. Um, I, I'll take you up on it another time." And then that person who's saying no and doing that rejection of that time, I would encourage you, you know, to think about maybe the next day, next couple of days when you're feeling a little bit better, going and approach and go make the move, go initiate. Yeah, yeah, that goes a long way. It shows that I heard you. And, and they may not be in the mood that day, but at least it's kind of that goodwill that I know I couldn't, you know, be with you at that time, but I'm ready now that That helps build trust.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I guess connecting that to, um, you've spoken about it before, like self-esteem, how I think so many people rely on their partners to make them feel good, um, And it's always something that I've tried to not do and try and feel good in myself. But I think, and I'm sure you have clients like over the years, you either feel I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel great. And then it's like, okay, I don't feel myself. I feel, you know, uncomfortable. And I'm sure everyone, so many people are coming out of COVID being like, okay, maybe could have done more exercising. That's okay. (laughs) So how do you, um, like the point of like intimacy and, you know, I've never, like I said before, I've never been Samantha Jones where I'm just like, yes, this is my body. Turn the lights on. I want to see all of it. Um, but how do you, like what tools do you give people to work on that self-esteem and like look in the mirror and be like, you know, we're not perfect, but Mm -hmm. I'm hot. You know what I mean? Like how, how do you, how do you get in that frame of mind?
1: Well, you start by, and this goes back to knowing what feels good for you, especially with, and if we're talking from the sexual yes. Side the campus, yes, you want to know what feels good for you, like your ability to feel pleasure for yourself, to create pleasure for yourself without your partner having to even be there, or maybe mm-hmm. they're there, but you're doing it for you. That's really empowering. And I think we don't give enough credit. You know, we, a lot of times say, Hey, you want to be able to say, Hey, you know, I'm beautiful. All that that's great. And all too, but when you can bring your own pleasure, it's mm-hmm. extreme powerful. So that's definitely where it starts. It's also in, um, a constant affirmations and of the, I am good enough. I'm good enough. I'm doing enough. I'm doing all right. If I want to, uh, you know, exercise or work out, it's because I want to feel better in me, not because I'm trying to get a number or a size Yes. And knowing that, you know, there are, there, there is no perfect size. There's no place to be other than where you're at right now. So a lot of that around mindfulness and getting comfortable in your own skin would be helpful whether it's through meditation whether it's through yoga you know we talk about yoga and stretching all the time because it forces us maybe to not be on our phones or listen to maybe music maybe it's relaxing music to just be like hey i'm breathing i'm grateful having gratitude for our bodies and our body's abilities is really humbling as we kind of look at what we can do where other people can't. And that can help you, whether it's gratitude to your body, gratitude of what you're able to do, gratitude for your partner, gratitude as a parent, gratitude Mm -hmm. and all these different places. gratitude's a great grounding technique to bring us back and help us be grateful. And sometimes that's enough of an affirmation to help us be okay with where we're at with our self-esteem that day.
0: That's so nice. Um, Yeah, I definitely need to practice that more. Um so one of the thing you just mentioned being on your phone I'm curious you've been doing this for like 15 years um, I can only imagine that that's probably a big part of breakdown in communication or not having the intimacy because, you know, at the end of the day, we have that like 10 minutes before bed and like so many people are on their phones. Um, do you see that as a factor? Because it's definitely something me and my husband are trying to, you know, when we come home from work, it's like put the phones away, you know, concentrate on our baby. And then it's like, how do we then transition into being like us again, as a couple, you know, it's like, I feel like you're always transitioning from work to being a parent, to being yeah. a wife. <laughs> and then it's like, you also have yourself.
1: Yeah. It's okay to take that time at the end of the day to, and, and kind of agree on it. Say, Hey, let's take a couple minutes. Let's do whatever. If you want to read or find on Instagram, like whatever it is, go through the feed and then let's put it down. Let's set an alarm let's set, or a timer. So that's kind of a fun way to say, it. let's watch a timer and then we'll watch a show or we'll cuddle or we'll have sex. or We'll take a shower together, whatever it is. Doing that and your partner may say, oh, no, I don't need that. I'm good. Say, okay, well, I'm going to take the 10 minutes and back with you. So you're giving it space to say, whatever you want to do to fill you up in this time, let's give this a try. And what happens in our brain, especially if anyone else is a kind of perfectionist driven at times, is we want to say, okay, I want to do this every single day for 10 minutes at nine o'clock. We're going to, versus just going, hey, let's take a couple minutes. I need to do this on my feed or I need to check this. I want to read this. Is it cool if we do this set a timer and go back to us? And that's a good way to set some boundaries because a lot of this is around boundaries. And you could say, let's try this for a couple of days. And then if it's a couple of days, it might become a new habit for you, or you both may say, oh, this isn't working. It feels like it's in, you know, interrupting our time. Then say, okay, well, I'll do it at another time and just take that time to be together. Uh, And I think another thing we can do as, as you're talking about that quality time to bring to our sexual buffet is focus on touch cuddling, making out, any and everything maybe except penetrative oral sex, taking time to readjust to one another's bodies again, to giving pleasure maybe one night and then receiving pleasure one night versus it all, having to be the same way all the time. Doing that gives you a little bit something more to look forward to while you might be watching your show or you're taking time to have some sexy time at night versus saying, oh, I know this expectation has got to lead to that. That gets old. So you've got to have some options out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And to your point, it's like bringing it back to basics, right? Like the innocent basics of like the touch and like you said, hugging and even just making out. I remember when I was like 17, 18, oh my God, I would make out for hours. How did, how did anyone have time? I don't know. Like, (laughs) obviously I didn't have a job. I didn't have any responsibilities, but it's crazy how much time you would spend just kissing.
1: (laughs) nothing else, yeah.
0: just kissing.
1: So, so that's something you can bring up again, say, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm I, not in the mood to go any further, but can we just kiss a little bit or make yeah. out? It's more fun when you do it on a couch or somewhere outside the bedroom where, mm-hmm. you know, you have a different environment, different around you to kind of bring up some of that. It's, it's very good and it can build up a lot of desire and it can build, it's such a great way of foreplay. It's also good to kind of temperament and say, no, we're not tonight. We're saving it for tomorrow night. And then kind of wow. bringing it up again, can yeah. keep things like we said earlier, I seen on the way.
0: I love it. Oh my God. I've been using that word spicy so much over the last week. I know, I know when my husband listens to this, he's going to be like, now I know why you were saying it. (laughs) Everything's spicy recently. (laughs) Um, Do you think just, um, you know, I see so much more of a movement of, you know, being comfortable in our bodies and, you know, accepting different sizes and, you know, um, you know, trying to be more kind of independent. Do you see there being a change in generations on the comfort of talking about sex? Like, have you seen that change or do you think it's still a kind of taboo subject, if you will?
1: Well, I know in different pockets of the country, it looks different, but I've really seen a big change and shift in that. And it's because uh, so much has got not just with non-parents but parents, you know, in their 30 s, 40 s, 50 s, and even 60 s going, no we're we're changing this conversation. we're having yeah. these conversations or I told with my kid about this and you know, we're going to talk about this and, you know, we're with more education and awareness out there, we're having more discussions around sexual identity and gender identity. And yes, with that awareness, it's helping kids be more comfortable. It's not introducing same with sex and identities. It's not introducing new things. It's always been there. It's just the comfort level, being able to talk about an open space where there's going to be a less likely chance to be judged unheard, and kind of forced back. So, It's definitely evolving with so much people, you know, having the awareness and having these conversations. It's a great thing.
0: Yeah, it really is a great thing. And I really hope it impacts, um, you know, to your point, like you know the likes of my daughter and I would love for her to feel empowered and you know comfortable in herself and be able to kind of talk about it and you know for no one to cringe or even for me to cringe like I definitely don't want to be that mom I want I want her to be open with me right because I think that's also how you have like safe sex too it's like understanding um you know, how to go about it. And, you know, also just the more confident you are and the more self-assured, it means that you're not going to, you know, get yourself in a scenario that maybe you wouldn't want to do it, but you're kind of persuaded to do it, which I also think, especially for young women, it's, um, you know, I, I remember when I was at school, like there were a couple of girls that had had sex, like younger, and it's kind of like, not a pressure, but it's kind of like, oh, they're so cool. Like they've now gone to that next level. And it's like, you don't want, like you would hate for anyone to kind of feel that pressure, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's where it's a great, it's one thing I touched on the episode last week is that discussion of consent yes. and genuine to have that discussion, consent and boundaries and what that means. And then how alcohol and drugs affects that kind oh, yeah. of one of those things too, to say, you know, we don't you, you don't expect your kids to take it all in and the seriousness that you do as a parent but having the conversation it sticks in there just like you're yeah, stuck with your parents maybe didn't say it sticks in there right and so it does have a big big impact and the more we talk about it you're going to have the cringe-worthy moments and and it's okay if you cringe you can what a great opportunity to share you know with your kid hey you see me making this face not because it's bad or ugly or gross it's just i didn't have this talk to me yeah yeah sure i do it now <laughs> And it's okay to be really transparent like that. What a, what a good way to show vulnerability and model that for our children.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, Well, I really, really appreciate your time. And to be honest, I could go on and on, but um, I wanna be respectful. So I typically end um, each episode with a couple of like quick fire questions that are just random. So whatever comes into your head, (laughs) feel free to say. you wanna hear it. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, what is your favorite song?
1: Oh gosh. Just overflow of of different music. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) probably, uh, fade into you, Mazzy star from way back in the day. It's an old song that helps me feel really comfortable.
0: Oh, I love it. Um, what is your go-to
1: cocktail or Mm. beverage? Mm. Probably a cold beer.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) why? Um, what is your most used emoji? Oh, are you back?
1: Smiley face.
0: A smiley face. That's a good one. Um, if you were a sex and say character, who would you be?
1: Samantha. Oh, I love that. A little bit jealous. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, if you could pick two skincare products, what would they be?
1: Um, daily moisturizer, my Neutrogena daily moisturizer with SPF and my set of fail cleanser at night.
0: Oh, nice. Neutrogena always have great, great products. Great choice. Um, okay. If you could change your name, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Um, I like something with an L like Lydia or something, something like an older name. I would think something like that.
0: That's nice. I always, are you a fan of friends? Yeah. I always think of like Phoebe when she went and changed her name and I can't, I'm trying to like remember what it was, but it was so crazy. <laughs> like everyone else would, yeah. <laughs> everyone else would picked like a normal name and she's like off with yeah. whatever it was. Um. Okay. So, if you were going to give your kind of positive words or motto or saying that you typically live by, what would it be?
1: Um, I am enough. That's it.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Well, Christy, thank you so so much again for giving me time this afternoon and answering these questions and just for your expertise and um, your podcast is awesome. So I definitely highly recommend it for everyone. So fix yourself first. Um
1: and yeah, really, thank you so much. Thank you for not being a not being afraid of taking on these topics, and <laughs> you doing this like you did fantastic. You said sex a whole bunch, and, <laughs> and this is wonderful to see. And and thank you for seeing the importance, especially as women, having these discussions with ourselves, with our friends, with our partners, and with kids. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, anytime. I will say my palms are a little bit sweaty, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> that's how you know it's good.
0: Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much, girl. I will talk to you very soon.
1: Sounds great.